What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Quotes and Chokes podcast, episode 11. I'm Nick Angeloni. And I'm Arut Pagosia. And today we're just kicking it old school, just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> no guests. Um, we're just going to spend about 30, 40 minutes, talk about some, talk about training, talk about whatever comes up, and uh, for your enjoyment. How you doing, man? I'm good. I was watching you sparring earlier. It's good rounds. Um, we talked about what you needed to adjust. I think it's big. I think it's this apl- applies across to everybody. Is uh, ring? What is it called? Generals. Ring generalship. Yeah. Ring generalship. Uh, yeah. Or w- ring position. Some people call it. That's what I call it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think from the amateurs to the highest level pros, everybody can make improvements in that. And from the side, it looks so simple. How to like to make the adjustment? Oh, if they're moving to their right, cut them off with your left hook. Mm-hmm. They're moving to their left, cut them off with your right so hand. So before we get in, we you okay, we so let's back up. We before we started recording, we were talking about this for a little while, so we're kind of jumping back into like right where we're at. So um, what we were talking about before is just um, having good ring position, like and that's and it's important in in fighting and and. Just in general, right? To win decisions and also really just to have the advantage in, in the exchange. So you want to kind of explain what you I were... I mean, it's one of the criteria, it's one of the ju- judging criteria. Yeah. Uh, was, what do they call it? Octagon control. Octagon control. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all I was saying is the round that I was watching um, was very close and the deciding factor could have been that. Had you maintained the proper ring position, you would have stole the round. Mm-hmm. It would have been yours. So it came down to that. Yeah, yeah. You know that used to. It's um, so that used to be something that I was really good at cutting off the ring. Not that I'm not good at it. I just I'm still I still am, but I got away from applying it because I also I didn't want to be some one of those guys that could only fight going forward. You know those guys that they look good and as soon as you back them up, they can't do shit. You know. Right. So I I got away from it, trying to focus on. Fighting backwards? To, yeah, fighting on the back foot and trying to cut out for angles and stuff like that. And now I got to... I think it's important to make do both. A, yeah, you got to blend them. Like, you know, and I think there's a time... There's a, there's, a, there's a certain type of person that you should apply one or the other to. You know? Yeah, if you, if you try to force it on an overly aggressive person, try to force... Like, you wouldn't need to. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, so somebody that you need to cut off is somebody that's moving a lot. You know, they're not typically yeah. overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, but if you try to cut off an overly aggressive person, you're just gonna you're gonna clash. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they want anyway. Right. So it's really simple in that sense. I think uh, so. That was actually I felt like the deciding factor in my last fight because the guy came out trying to pressure me like with strikes, mm-hmm. but. When it, if, if you're going to try to pressure something, somebody, you need to be the better grappler. Yeah. You have to be. I think so. Because if you pressure them and then all that person does is like, well, I'm just not going to back up. Now we're grappling. You know what I mean? And that was kind of the mistake that that guy made with me. Because he was a better striker than me, I, I at least in that moment. Like, he was flow, he was got his flow, like, faster than me. And then, he, so when he started pressuring me, and then I, when I didn't move... He That's just gave he me his up. body, and I was like, "All right, you know what I mean." And that was kind of the you end of it. You took advantage him. of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about um, so both of us? For how long we didn't we didn't do any big glove sparring? Yeah. 
and now we're both kind of getting back into it. How do you how do you feel about? Honestly, I'm doing it because I don't have any other options. I need to get sparring twice a week, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm doing it. But I still think to this day, I think if I could get two small glove sparring sessions per week, that would be more than enough for me. I think big glove sparring, like I'm watching it from the side and I'm seeing guys like putting their hands up in a way that they're never gonna put their hands up. And yeah, with little gloves, they're blocking stuff. They get, get in this false sense of security. I'm like, I guess the the benefit of big gloves is you can throw harder without worrying about hurting your uh, training partners, and that's about it. That's the only benefit I see. That's know? what I. That, that's the reason I started doing it. Was so you could crack a little more. I never ever. I didn't spot hard for how long have I lived in Denver? Fuck, I don't know. You know, since yeah, so I never sparred hard, and then um, I felt like it took me like a few shots. Like I had to every time I go into a fight, I'd have to take a few shots and like get cracked and be like, "Oh shit, all right." And then I'd be like, "I remember what this pace feels like," and then I would then I could turn it up, you know. Um, And then so I was like, "All right, I need to kind of at least." So I started sparring, putting on the big gloves and sparring hard every other week. Just so that I would remember what that, what that the speed like. and the timing was like, yeah, yeah, and also, yeah, you know, just to remember what it feels like to get cracked sometimes, you know. Um, I still, I would rather get cracked with a little glove than a big glove. Like, I, I don't want to get cracked at all. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if I'm gonna get cracked, I would rather. <sighs> how can I put this? Like, I'm gonna try not to get cracked, but like, I would rather we're going harder, a little harder in little gloves than we. Go in big gloves to be able to go hard. Yeah, so I feel like it depends. Like we we were real fortunate in that few months there. Um, with uh, you know, there was a period of time where we had a we just had a handful of guys that everyone was great training partners. You know, and um, yeah, not every training partner has that control. Yeah, because the, the so the 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 when you get cracked with a little uh, the the sparring little gloves, the six ounce ones with the poofy knuckles. They have about the same amount of padding yeah, over those their are knuckles. Great. Those are the great. problem is like when people don't have the control and they start smacking you with the other parts of their hands. You know yeah. what I mean? You get hit with your thumb and like the door knocking knuckles and stuff like that. That's kind of the... Honestly, I don't mind that either. Uh, the only thing I mind is getting poked in the eye. Like uh, I I could spar bare fist. Like uh, it doesn't really... I, mean, I wouldn't... <laughs> want to necessarily but like that's where cuts get involved though the cuts that's the biggest issue mm-hmm. yeah 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 um but going back to the ring generalship um i think it's a mental thing too like when you're leading the dance even like you don't give your opponent i think that's why the overly aggressive guys are overly aggressive is because they want to lead like they want to plant the role of the victim in your head that you're the one on the back pedal mm-hmm. so I think that's a big reason that, that's a big point here to make that not only you're winning in the judge's eyes you're setting uh, this mindset of defensive mindset for your opponent when yeah. you're the one leading the dance you know mm-hmm. so I just want they just came back to me I wanted to bring yeah. it up no yeah yeah you're right like when you when your back is against the wall physically, like your back is against the wall mentally too. Yeah, you know, there's something about that that kind of makes you feel like you're you're kind of trapped. Because now, like what I was, what I you start making desperate decisions too. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you can control, like, so if you have the, if you have the outside position, you have someone with their back against the wall, you can control when and where the exchanges happen also. So, like, if I could crowd you, and then when you throw, I just step back just a little bit. But you don't have that place to step back. Right. When I go, you have to go. There's no choice. Yeah, or you could go side to side, but if I'm good at trapping you... You're going to run into something. Yeah. You're going to run into yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, anything new you want to talk about before we, we can talk about some of the fights and stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a fight coming up October 20th. Uh, Are you going set now? Yeah. Uh, well, there's no opponent yet, but I'm on the poster, so he said he's going to find me somebody. Nice. Uh, going back to California for a redemption. Nice. Um, last fight didn't go... I mean, it went really good up until it didn't, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. So, I got a point to prove. Yeah. I've been working on my ground karate. Um, what, uh... Oh, so there's no opponent. That's where I'm at right now, too, man. It's it's so hard. Well, so you're not really at the point where you would have started camp, huh? No, I'm I'm in camp right now. October, October 20th. 20th. So, you're... Yeah, this is just my deal. So, you're basically six weeks away. Yeah, I'm going to come okay, spot yeah, on Friday. Be, yeah. And then uh, next week is back to two days again. Yeah, let's get into talking about that in a second. But talking about that D load week because I'm kind of interested in that whole thing. Um, but let's. Uh, what I was gonna say is like it's so hard to when you're supposed to have a fight and there's not an opponent. Like when I'm staring that pizza in the eye, you know, it's just like oh, I know all about that it's pizza. So much harder. It's like you know, I come up as you. What was that Monday? We went and got pizza. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, but I was like, that's not like so. I'm. I was supposed to fight October 6th, and they, so I'm basically four weeks away, and there's no opponent, so I'm like, it's not going to happen, you know what I mean? Cause he, especially, he was going to get Chipotle, too, and then I dude, talked him down. Chipotle is my diet food, man. I know, that's, no, I'm saying, like, you were going to get oh, the healthy option, and I talked him down to the pizza, I was like, let's make homage to your people, <laughs> and that's where, that's where I sold it, huh? It was good, too, man, it was good. It's a good pizza, it was hella greasy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the way it's supposed to be. You want to go get pizza after? Or? <laughs> I might be down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, you actually have a fight, though. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get a fight. It's So, like, I'm the out-of-town guy. I could, they were going to bring me out-of-town to to fight someone, obviously an in-town guy, because that's just you know, how it is with local shows, you know? Yeah. And so if they don't find you someone in the beginning of the card, then I know, that bro. I'm the out-of-town you. guy, you know what too. I mean? he, the but you have a personal connection with the matchmaker i know I but know. after i lost the last fight i mean um did he act different with you i like i sensed that he wasn't as invested as he was before like i, I he's like uh you know i can't believe really you know, i i mean maybe i'm projecting i don't know but like yeah. it like i was supposed to fight uh august 25th and he um we couldn't find an opponent then it was like an LFA mix up and that's like he's trying his hard yeah like so I get it too you know uh, he's trying to get the Armenian people in there uh, and you gotta be winning to put like they gotta be, they wanna come to see an Armenian guy win you know like that's the reason oh, okay. he's flying me out there yeah like I get you so I have to win otherwise like why would he has to pay for my flight has to pay for my hotel like it's i'm expensive for him yeah like one he, last he's treating he's treating he's been treating me more than fair like and, and uh i can't ask for more but that's just the nature of the beast yeah i think that's the way it works it's always like that when you're on the winning side of things the promoter is your best friend once you start losing 
You know, that's why. It, maybe. I, I think it's more about it, if you're on the right side of the ticket sales than it is about winning fights. Yes. Yeah, I But agree. if you're going from out of town, you're, not, you're probably not selling many tickets. That's my point. Yeah. Like, I totally understand his perspective. I, uh, I'm, go- I'm coming in from out of town. I'm selling like five tickets, the ones I buy for my family myself. <laughs> right. You know, like yeah, that. Yeah. And what, there's a couple of people I have there that come in to watch the fight too. Like I have a homie that comes in from New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's moved there from New York, and we used to train back in New York together. He comes in and watches me fight. Like that's couple, dedication, right there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it means a lot. Um, I don't like you that much. <laughs> no, <laughs> we got. I got a couple of people like that, but like all in all, I'm selling under ten tickets. Yeah, yeah. He's right. spending all this money to bring me in. I told. So where he's where position. where he's gonna make money is if he's marketing to the Armenian community in Los Angeles, and he's like, we got this Armenian champ. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. So I have to deliver on my end. I totally understand that. And um, But one loss is nothing, though. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I know that. And I think deep down he knows that, too. But I just got to prove it. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah. down to action. Yeah. I There's so many people. That's such a criteria for me of, like, who I pick and choose to, like, invest my, like, relationship with as far as in, in this business. Like, I've met so many people that are kind of like, that's cool. They're just kind of like, you know, they see me and, like, it's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. And then I win, and then they want to be friends, you know what I mean? And it's like, nah. You know, like, if you weren't friends with me when I first walked in, or at least nice to me, like, we're not going to be friends. I agree 100%. <laughs> like, you know? you're, uh, you're basically like a gold digger mm-hmm. in a weird sense of the word. You yeah. know, like, you, you're a front runner. Yeah, so yeah. your your intentions are not genuine. Right. You don't have genuine. But this is different. This is business relationship of promoter and fighter. Yeah. So that's not the same as coach and fighter or or, or like teammates. Teammates and mm-hmm. fighter. Yeah. That that's a different thing. But like again, he's been my promoter has been more than great to me. Like, yeah. I nice. appreciate everything he's done. It's just you know I understand how me losing can affect yeah. his perspective. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what some people complain about promoters and stuff like that. But I'm like, look, like, um, that's their, this is their job. You know what I mean? They're in this to make money. Yeah. So they got to do what, Yeah. like, what what's going to make them money. They can't, like, I th- do I, favors and, and lose money because of it. If you, know? you really put yourself deep into the promoter's shoe, mm-hmm. you'll understand, number one, how hard that job is. Yeah. You know the matchmaking and everything, and you you really understand what you need to do to deliver because it's a partnership. You know you have to deliver. Like if you're not delivering ticket sales, you better be delivering on your performance. You know. Yeah, and I would say, dude, honestly, so you know my phone's gonna overheat. I'm gonna put it in the shade somewhere. And then at the local level, ticket sales are number one. They don't even care yeah. about your performance. That's what I was gonna say. I would like I always tell like people that we train with that are amateurs and stuff. I'm like, dude, you need to like sell. Oh man, you're grossing me out right now. Well, I'm picking my skin, my calluses. Um, yeah, I always tell like beginning fighters and stuff like, dude, sell the sh- like selling tickets sucks, but make that the number two priority of your day. After training. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know who taught me how to sell tickets? Like, 
really said when I first moved to Denver, like he actually sat down and broke it down to me how to sell tickets. Josh Copeland. Oh yeah. He good half hour. He broke it down to me how he did it, and I was like, What's his What's his plan of attack? He hits up everybody individually. He doesn't do a mass text. He hits up and says hi, how you doing, and they get into a conversation, and then he talks about the fight coming up, and then if they're interested. You know, he offers them tickets, and then if they sell many tickets, he hooks them up with their ticket for free. Like, if they want to get bulk, then he gives them their ticket for free. And Josh is a guy that... How does he manage that? What do you mean? How does he give away a free ticket? He just... Does he take it out of his cut? Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess. But, like, this man puts... Because I couldn't... I'm sorry, I couldn't tell the promoter, like, hey, I gave away some of your tickets. No, no, that's that's your own (laughs) generosity. Yeah. And if somebody's... Buying so many tickets from you, they deserve. Like I, I've given. That's a good plan right there. Yeah, that, I've given T-shirts. Like you deserve this. Like, mm-hmm. Thank you for for doing this. Yeah. You des- So next time, they'll do it again. I definitely hit up everybody individually, but I don't um, give away free tickets. But maybe I will. If somebody's buying five tickets, you gotta give them the fifth one for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's like many nuances like that, and Josh really took the time and break it down for me. I don't want to give all, away all the secrets. No, right, you give them to me later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I feel about the fights coming up this weekend. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Darren Till and um, Woodley. Who you got? Fuck, I got my boy Woodley. Yeah? But, yeah, uh, but, man, I mean, I can see... What, what's the deal with Woodley? Why does everybody hate... I, don't, I love like Woodley. Him? I think... He seems cool. Woodley's hella cool. People call him a crybaby. Yeah, they say that, but like, uh, because I think if he's been a crybaby, crybaby is because he hasn't been a crybaby. He's just been honest about how he feels he's been treated by the UFC. I think they haven't given him the respect that he deserves mm-hmm. as a great champion. I think Woodley is a well-spoken guy who could fight his ass off I think he knocks people's out he knocks people out he hurts them at least people talk shit about not lately though huh not lately though what talking about Wonderboy he's had two boring fights real boring fights with Wonderboy uh and uh Maya right wasn't Maya in there somewhere but to me that w- okay I, I get it. it it's, it's not his fault it's not his fault I, you know? but I thought it was a perfect execution of game plan I think like winning is number one he's not gonna take unnecessary risks just to make it exciting I didn't think that that the Wonderboy fight was boring to me it wasn't because I had I, tension I, the whole time yeah, I was in too. under tension but to people that don't because like you and I watch that fight and like we're like oh we're watching like his foot placement and like, oh, like he's, he, this is what he's doing these are the tactics he's using and that's interesting but like um, guys that don't fight all they understand is like Hands touching faces. I get it, but give yeah. the man some credit for the um, for the Robbie Lawler fight. We're being interrupted here. Let's yeah, take a quick break. Both. Quick break for. We'll be uh, back after a short word from our sponsors. <laughs> All right, then we're back. Uh, where were we? Woodley. Woodley. So, yeah, I I didn't you know guys that watch. So, but what I was trying to say is that it's 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 boring to like the general fan. So you don't have. When you're trying to call out the UFC, like like Nick Diaz and stuff does, um, or Nate Diaz, more so, 
you got to have, like, the crowd behind you. Otherwise, the UFC is just like, mm, well, fuck off then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, These are facts. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you got to have you gotta have leverage. Um, but I think maybe, uh, I don't know. I feel like Willie's the fighter's fighter. You know, I think anybody who fights understands how good he is. Uh, and, like, but you're right. It comes mm-hmm. down to the general public. You know, it's interesting with Woodley that he he has, like, perfected the art of doing the exact opposite of what we were just talking about, ring position. Like, he loves to fight with his back foot on the cage. Yeah, he does. Puts himself there, you know? And he, he does a thing where... That's why... Um, that's why... Rory like put on such a like beautiful performance against him because he does this thing where he puts his back foot to the cage and explodes and he like makes you think like oh I got him you know but really he's just waiting for you you know and then playing possum yeah 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 and then Rory came in and just did like the really nice just like he just never overcommitted just poke pull poke pull poke poke you know that's true that that's interesting that you mentioned that it is like the exact opposite of what we talked about and the strategy that has worked with him for him. You know how else does that is good that who you know is good at that um is Khabib. Cuz Khabib will do that because he, what it seems like is that he wants room to run his takedown, you know? So like he likes to back all the way to the other side of the cage. He hasn't he's got been doing 25 that the last feet. Few fights, though. Yeah, he he's fights been, more against the cage, the other side of the cage now. Yeah, more pressure. He's but been pressuring people. But I think I think he's he's fought some people who needed to be pressured. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, so, but a lot of times he does like that. He does like to fight that other way around. I mean, I think uh, sometimes it makes sense to do that. Like sometimes I'll go on purpose uh, with my back against the wall, kind of to initiate a grappling exchange. Mm-hmm. Draw him in. Draw him in. Yeah. I'm like okay, like give you full sense of security. You come in, and I'm gonna take you down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but overall, like when it's a close round. And this is going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, yeah. You want to lead the dance. Yeah, that's why every time we spar, if we if we don't get the cage, I I get the corner, because like you can see it. And like so many guys that fight, they have no concept of ring position because they're just used to sparring on this wide open mat. Wide open mat. And yeah. It's like Me when too, they run into their partners. Too. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we both do that. Mm-hmm, we try yeah. to get the corner. Uh, yeah, and it's just like Usually most guys in their spar It's like They can run fucking They can run miles To get away from people Unless they run into another person And it's like Okay, that's that's their border But Which is one thing That the boxers uh, You gotta give them proper They take sparring More seriously And like Every sparring session counts I mean, it counts for us too But like They're doing it in a ring In the setting That they're gonna be competing in mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm Honestly, I think it's better than nothing sparring in the open area. But, like, not having a wall to trap somebody where, like, that's, like, half. This interruption has been brought to you by (laughs) Max Tone Company. (laughs) Shout out to Max Tone Company. (laughs) Fuck you, Max Tone Company. But uh, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, sparring in a ring Honestly The ideal Right What needs to happen is Once there's more money In MMA that MMA fighters Will spar like that Because there's not enough money Now for like Like in the boxing ring It's not like Team practice It's like Alright Floyd's sparring today 
You yeah. know what I mean? So everyone everybody, get the fuck out the ring. <laughs> everybody else is doing their own work. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if there was even enough money to where, like, like any gym that fighters go to, when the fighters are gone, classes are running, and that's where they make the money off of, you know? If we could, if you could make it to where they could, gyms made enough money off just fighters, you could just put up, like, instead of having an open mat, you put up six cages, you know? Yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think probably what will happen is down the line... When there's enough money, when a fighter makes enough money that he can build a team like just so, around him. I bet, like McGregor's you know? doing that, right? Well, no, because he's got, no, he's got a SBG. He's got the. No, what I'm saying is, when he's sparring, he got the cage. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's his, it's his sparring time. That's true. Yeah, like um, they bring all these guys in just so he could have training partners in the cage for him, so his sparring is set up. Mm-hmm. I love having the team. I love. The team environment, I, like we feed off each other. That's great. I just, you know, uh, I wonder what is the solution. You know, like I, I don't want to sit here and bicker about how I don't get enough cage time. You know, but I think maybe once or like at least one round should be spent in the cage or at least the corner, like we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But at least one round out of five should be spent in the cage. Yeah. So you're not shocked when you get in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I at least try to... I think if you did the corner... The corner is actually harder. Corner is easier to trap. I feel it's like. easier to trap. I mean, it's harder to get out. You mm-hmm. know? That's why I feel like boxers are better at ring position because um, if they're not, they're not just their back into the wall. They're they're stuck right in front of you. Like, they don't even have a side-to-side option. Yeah. Um, so, and, and like you said, they, that's, they spar in a ring. So, but... Um, no, I think we've got a good thing going with the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Wood, back to Woodley versus Till. Man, this is uh, this is gonna be a close fight. I think. Uh, I think if Woodley's smart, he sets up his takedown with the strikes, he, with his explosiveness, and he just takes him down. Because we haven't seen too much of Till's ground game, but we've seen how good he is on his feet. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, Who's the best uh, wrestler or grappler that we've seen till fight? I don't know, but didn't Wonderboy take him down with a double? Or did he? Was he successful? We watched it together, didn't we? Nah, I watched that fight with uh, my wife. I could, I, I remember him shooting on the double for sure, Wonderboy. That was another fight that I, I thought was a great fight, and everyone thought it was really boring. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a great fight. Yeah, um, I don't know. I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go till on this one. Wow. I'll bet you uh, a six pack of wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> um, yeah I'm gonna go. T- I just got a feeling, man. I feel like he's a super big guy, um, and his he maybe even if his wrestling's not that great, like his distance is very good. You know, and if you can't get in on the distance, you can't take somebody down, unless you're much better. Like when Khabib took down Barbosa and he just shot from the other side of the cage. You know, like Khabib just needed to touch his knee, and that was that was that was the end of that. You know, but I know. Um, He's, yeah, yeah. I want to train with that guy. I want like Khabib. One day, yeah, I, I would wanna, like to know what that feels like. Yeah, I, like what is all the hype about? Because in my own, call it delusional, or whatever. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could take him down, or yeah. like I could. I feel like I could resist his takedown. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's only one way to find out for sure. But 
call me delusional, whatever. It doesn't. <laughs> I feel like I can do it. I, dude, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying you can't. <laughs> but you're not saying I can't either. Not, I don't know. I don't know. I've been, I've, I've been, I'm not saying it's delusional. I know. You know. You you're very good know. at that. You know. We don't know yeah. until we do it. Yeah. Uh, like there's certain people that. Like there's many people that fed me humble pie. Cody Young being one of them. Yeah. I feel like if it's if it's anything like that, if like Cody Young. Cody Young is listening right now. God damn you. Fuck you, you Cody Young. <laughs> <laughs> For beating me up all the time. <laughs> Anyways. Um, if it's something like that. Could? Yeah. Um, no, if it's something like Cody's, it's going to be tough. But, you know, I feel like I still have a chance. Do you think that Khabib even tries to get better at his striking? It hasn't improved much, has it? Yeah, I, it's gotten worse. <laughs> I would say that it's worse. I don't know if it's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, another truck goes by. Can you edit that out? It's too mm, much nozzle. I don't think I can, actually, because... Yeah, we'll get into that later. I can't. Um, that interruption is brought to you by GP Express. <laughs> Shocking. Um, where were we? What were we talking about? Khabib striking has gone... I don't oh, know if I it's gone worse. worse, man. He comes in with his chin up, hands like, down. against Barbosa? And everyone, like, uh... Swinging on his nuts, how good it is. Yeah, like, Joe was... Oh, actually, no, I was with Joe. Like, um, Joe was saying that Khabib's, uh... Talking about Mr. Rogan? Yeah, Mr. Rogan was talking about, um... That it, that, that fight with what's-his-name exposed, like, a weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. And then other people Michael were like, Johnson? no, 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 there's a fight with Ayakinta. Ayakinta. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And everyone was like, no, like, Barbosa definitely, like, dominated. Like, yes, he dominated, but just because Ayakinta didn't capitalize Khabib, on the mistakes mean, doesn't Khabib mean... Khabib dominated. You said Barbosa dominated. Oh, yeah, yeah, Khabib dominated. But just because Ayakinta didn't capitalize on his mistakes doesn't mean those mistakes weren't there. Because that shit looked pretty damn bad. He channeled his... He was saying he was channeling his inner Muhammad Ali... And he doesn't have an inner Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about? Uh, I might as well get into it. Talking about McGregor. First of all, do you think that that fight's even going to happen? I feel like was it you that was saying that some shit's going to go down and then like the week of the fight is going to get canceled? I've been I've been thinking that when it got announced, I, I posted. I was like, somebody wrapped Khabib in bubble wrap for two months. <laughs> I think Art might have been saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I could see some shit like something dramatic happening the week of the fight. You know, I have a feeling when, like, we've been having so much of that lately. Injury dropouts? The week of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling they, the fighters tell the promoters ahead of time. And then the promoters don't tell the public. They keep it on the hush. Mm. Because they want the people still interested in the event. And then at the That's last minute. That's definitely true. They're f- like, supposedly last minute. But they really, they start looking at ahead of time. Yeah. They find a replacement, last minute replacement, and because people are so invested already, like if you, you already in Vegas, everybody already made their plans. You know, you're I mean? not gonna not go. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely be. What if fucking Tony Ferguson's injury, that freak injury, was just a fake? I thought about <laughs> what if he that. was injured? What if he was injured a month before? And they're like, all right, well, we still need people to buy this pay per view. So you just show up it, like, the and then story, fall over and go, ow, my knee. The story, he tripped over some wires. Yeah. Right? Is that what happened? Tripped over some wires. Yeah. Tripped over some, full-blown tore his ACL. I, 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 I thought he like, he tore like his ACL, MCL, LCL, fucking full knee blowout. 
if I, I that might be wrong, but it was at least ACL. But I think it was like he just fully blew his knee out, tripping. Yeah. And the other side, other side is like, as like an athlete, like when's the last time that you've tripped and actually fallen all the way down? I don't remember the last time I. Did. It was childhood. I don't think this ever happened to me. I mean, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember honestly that happening. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. You know, it's definitely not blew my knee out. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's a new. Uh, I think I think there's some fuckery afoot there. That's um, uh, what's it called? Fucking Ferguson Gate. <laughs> Ferguson Gate. <laughs> Maybe we're conspiracy theorists, but you don't even smoke weed, so I, like I could see. Uh, I've been I've been dabbling lately. Dabbling, dabbling, been dabbling. Nice. Well, like well, I'm not in camp. Okay, you. I don't mind it. I don't think it affects my performance at all, but I don't want to get tested. Okay. Well, yeah, in California they test. I passed just under the threshold last time or the time before. Did you really? Yeah. Of like legal, what, like THC? There's, so there's an acceptable amount? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They raised it too. So I would have had to been high the day of the fight to get caught. Oh. Uh. Yeah, so well, you, you know when they say like this is legal out of competition or in competition? What is that how it is? It's the day of or so is it like in camp? The so this was not my last fight, the the fight before last. Um the commissioner came up to me, you know, they asked me if I'm taking steroids and then did the random uh drug test uh on me and they tested for steroids and weed and they asked me before when was the last time I smoked mm-hmm. and I said a couple of days ago. Um but I think in California it's like, in competition. It's it's, in, it's legal out of competition, yeah. but illegal in competition. So that means you have to be high in the fight. You have to. Is be that, high. that what it means? The day of the fight, you have to get high. Huh. That's how you you will blow that test. Oh man, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, I, like I smoke every day, and I wouldn't want to get. I don't like getting high the day of my fight. Hey, so let's let's we'll make this our last point before we start wrapping it up. Um, or it's more of a question. So you're someone that so you've been researching sleep. Right, and both of us agree on like the importance of sleep as athletes. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, so but you also smoke weed, and so I was talking to this to my buddy who was saying there was some sleep expert on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think I read that podcast. If this person is on Joe Rogan's podcast, that's the definition of credible. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but. No, but uh, so this guy was this, this sleep expert. I don't know who he was. Was saying that weed it helps you fall asleep, but it doesn't necessarily negatively keep you affects. No, it negatively affects the quality of your sleep. Not just like doesn't necessarily keep you asleep. They're saying it's bad for the quality of your sleep. Is what this person was saying. I know that's definitely the fact with alcohol, but uh, with the weed, I smoke in the mornings. So I wouldn't know. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, Wake and bake is the way to go. Wake and bake, yeah. Uh, start your day on the high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry the momentum through the day. But See, because I'm, so I'm uh, no pun intended, I'm green. Yeah. Start smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, listen, babe, I think I'm ready to have kids because uh, my dad jokes are coming in pretty good. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm new to smoking weed and... Um, I so the last like handful of times that I've smoked, I, I've fallen asleep because I smoked at night. You know, we smoke late, and then I'm like, oh man, like I'm gonna sleep good because I can tell I'm getting real tired. And I would say pretty consistently, 
every, I would say 100% of those times, I, I passed out thinking like, oh man, I'm about to get a good sleep. And I woke up feeling still tired. You know, like I, I woke up feeling I didn't get as good of sleep. Um, could be. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I think he might be onto something. But when I have taken CBD at night, that... That shit makes your sleep amazing. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. I didn't have dreams for years. I, 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 I literally for... I can't recall having dreams other than nightmares for like a long time. For real? Yeah. And I, I didn't know this at the time, but then I learned later that like the quality of your dreams or what you're dreaming about is... I don't believe in like signs from your dreams, but like um, the quality of your... Dreams, dreams is a good good yeah it correlates to like how you're feeling mentally like if you have nightmares because you're going to bed stressed you know if you go to bed happy you're probably gonna have happy dreams you know um and so i did i had either no dreams or i would have a nightmare and then i started taking cbd and i would just have like very vivid, vivid dreams yeah like and i would dream all night and i would wake up just like oh man like i felt like i needed less sleep to to be rested i know when i have like uh very vivid dreams like that that's when I'm mentally the sharpest mm-hmm. I yeah. found that and I think we learned that in PA school too that the more you dream there's a correlation between the more you dream and the more intelligent you are now this was like not part of the curriculum one of the professors said it mm. so I don't know how much of it is like hearsay really but how much of it is true but like I learned it in class from a professor I guess that makes me an idiot then. <laughs> I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, we can start to let's start to wrap things up here. Um, so if um, you like the podcast, you like this episode, you can subscribe on iTunes and on Spotify for the Android users. And then um, if you want to follow us on social media at Quotes and Chokes, that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, how can people find you? Uh, Prime underscore Time. Nine 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 nine. That's on Instagram. Four nines. Yeah. Four and nines. you're on you're on Instagram only, huh? Uh, I'm f- I'm back page. on Facebook. Oh yeah. It wasn't hacked. This whole time I thought it was hacked. It was just my IP server was from shown from Texas. Oh. So okay. I kept logging myself out. Long <laughs> <laughs> story. How can people find you? <laughs> All right. So um, if you want to follow me on Instagram at Nick Angeloni one five five. Angeloni is A-N-G-E-L-O-N-I uh, That's on Instagram And then Facebook um, At The Italian Stallion Italian I like the way you said it I think it's uh, Yeah I think that's it You said it like Nick the Italian No it's uh, Yeah it's the, at the Italian Stallion You said Italian Yeah that's, like that's the what they say In Rocky Balboa The way black people say it, It's more meaningful like that. <laughs> That's how uh, That's how Mick From Rocky says it Oh, is the Italian stallion? He like, says Italian. I feel like he, I think he does. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Say something nice. We appreciate you guys.